I'm Dina. And I'm Charlotte. Welcome to the Grim Curriculum Extra Credit, and thank you for being here with us. Yes, thank you. Oh, it's a, it's a scorcher of a Sunday. So how are you holding up? You know what? This is like the one time that I actually like the fact that I record in a dungeon of an unfinished basement because I'm <laughs> cool. I'm like really comfortable right now, and I don't even want to ask you how you're doing. Oh, it's it's a little toasty, but that's okay. We'll we'll get through this just fine. It was very warm last night, and I was at the zoo at a local event called Zoo Brew, where basically all the local breweries and distilleries and wineries come around, and you get to walk around and have some drinkies and look at some cool animals. But holy cow, it was so hot. I was regretting my uh, full pant leg outfit choice for sure. <laughs> It's hard to dress for the weather because it just like changes so fast. I sound like an old aunt or something right now, but like <laughs> it's true. Well, it is true because when we looked at the weather in the morning, here we are talking about the weather again, but uh, it was like thunderstorms. I was like, oh no. And then it was like Satan's butthole. So mm -hmm. it really <laughs> has been. Okay. So speaking of that, <laughs> should we talk about what we're like kind of sort of trying to set up for the podcast right now should we bother like is that is that a thing people care about do you guys care about the stuff that goes on within the curriculum <laughs> yeah because the curriculum is written out about five episodes ahead of time not so much like <laughs> we don't have the full semester ready for you guys ahead of time not yet anyway no we really I mean I feel like we do know what we're doing, I'd say, oh, yeah. like, rel relatively. I don't want to say we don't, but, like, really, we're we're still figuring this shit out. So we are currently starting to look for a uh, recording space right now. Mm -hmm. One that is not either in an unfinished basement or in the scorching depths of my office. Yeah, ideally something with air conditioning, if a girl can dream. Um, <laughs> but that might also mean some video podcast patreon content in the future which is kind of the end goal yeah we're really hoping to get that out there for you guys because a few of you have been asking to see our faces a little, a little more which is still wild to me but you know whatever floats your boat um and also we just are looking for different ways to bring more to patreon and just more to the podcast in general yeah definitely so if you are in the edmonton area and you happen to have a recording studio business or something like that some kind of space that you're aware of or anything like that uh, by all means shoot us a message let us know we are interested we are yeah we're uh doing some tours in the next week just to kind of see what's around what's up but uh something that we're really excited for and like to me that's like a big girl podcast move I feel like it. Absolutely. I mean, the dream, as always, is to have like a private space of our own that we can deck out and make 100% ours, but baby steps. Of course. Of course. I feel like, <laughs> you know what? At the end of the day, we're, we're kicking butt. We got this. We got this. Absolutely. Consistency is key. And I think we are meeting that uh, level for sure. Yeah. All right. So shall we get this uh, party started? It's a rough party to begin with, I got to say. It is. But it's also a very good thing at the same time. Yes. Okay. So, friends, just in case you have missed it, a suspect has been arrested in the Long Island serial killer murders. And uh, this is a huge fucking deal. I had kind of forgotten when it came up again that these murders didn't happen that long ago. 
yeah, about 10 years ago now, uh, there are a total of 11 potential victims. And uh, Rex Herman 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 Homan Herman. <laughs> you know, Rex. He's a white guy named Rex, 59 years old. Uh, he is currently being charged with the murder of three out of the 11 potential victims, and he's suspected in the death of a fourth woman. Um, this is a married Long Island father. Yeah, and guess what, guys? He chose to plead not guilty, which I'm not surprised about, but yeah. Shall we talk about how they got him? Yes, hell yeah, because it's one of those things that keeps happening, and I'm stoked to see it every single time. Once again, pizza saves the day. <laughs> so he was eating some pizza, he threw it out, they were able to collect it, and thanks to uh, genetic testing, they were able to compare the DNA on the pizza to DNA that was found on the women's remains, and it matched. So now we are getting ready to do a huge trial here he's apparently crying he's saying it wasn't him he's very upset it wasn't his fault he has nothing to do with it but uh he is an architect he's been working in manhattan since 1987 he looks like a douchebag i don't like him yeah there's certainly a picture that i'm just looking at now where he's kind of stood there in a suit with his hands crossed in front of him and he looks quite smug which is mm -hmm. not the look for a man that just got caught after being on the run basic well not even on the run i think he was a suspect but they weren't like he wasn't wanted per se until very recently until they matched the dna right but oh man it makes me mad that he got away with it for this long yeah, exactly. So the majority of the victims were sex workers. They were all found similarly positioned. They were bound in a similar way. Um, it's looking like they have their guy, you guys. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be very interested to see how this trial plays out because I think it's going to be fairly dramatic if this is what his attitude is going into it already apparently his lawyer was saying like this is circumstantial evidence and it's like sir are you for real right now i'm curious to see where this is all gonna go because this case is going to blow up because like i said right now it's three out of 11 potentially four out of 11 that he's being charged for but there have been also a the death of a toddler the toddler's mm -hmm. mother and an unknown man. And those three still haven't been identified. For you guys in the area, you New Yorkers, if you know someone that went missing or someone in your family, by all means, step forward because they're solving these things all the time. And I hope that with this trial and stuff, we'll get to find out more. Every single time that we have a case like this where we're starting to find these guys, it really gives me hope when we do these unsolved cases that we might actually have some answers one day. Now, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with old uh, Rex here is that we're starting to see a fair few comparisons between him and Dennis Rader, also known as BTK. 
but known to us as Dennis because he gave him the self-name BTK and I fucking hate that shit. Right. He's he's much more of a Dennis. Um, anyways, so his daughter, Carrie Rawson, who we've talked about quite a few times before, who's absolutely amazing, recently did an interview talking about that. And this, again, is a man who he had a family. He had a wife. He had kids. He was doing all of this while living this double life. And it's just so messed up when we see this happen with these guys because at the end of the day he could have been going on and doing this for a lot longer than he did and i i am very very glad that they checked that pizza box for that pizza because holy shit a new task force was basically built to investigate the this series of murders and he became a suspect as a result of this investigation once they kind of started digging into him, they realized, or I should say allegedly, that mm. he had a burner phone that he was basically searching all kinds of fucked up shit on, like anything related to serial killers, anything related to the actual investigation. Um, they found awful, awful things on his computer, including like searches for torture porn and shit like that. So... So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out in court and uh, how all this kind of evidence and stuff is going to be laid out. Yeah, he also had uh, a giant ass safe full of guns and licenses for uh, 92 guns, you guys. 92. That's a lot of guns for New York State, I will say. <laughs> I feel like anywhere. I mean, at the end of the day, like we don't we don't really have that here as much, but I feel like no matter where you are, that's a lot of guns. Quite frankly, I mean, we there's collectors out there and stuff, and we're not going to get into the, the gun safety argument right now. But I would say if your guns are kind of in the double digits or coming up on the triple digits, maybe question that about yourself. Like, do you need that many? You can downsize. Absolutely, guys. Marie Kondo that shit. Wait for the <laughs> ones that bring you joy. Go from there. Exactly. Oh, man. But all, all things said, I'm glad that he's been charged, he's been arrested, and yeah, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, we'll keep all of you posted. We are going to have information coming out almost every other day right now. Like, that's the crazy thing about this. And that's why we are not looking at fully covering him yet, because we I don't really know anything. Yeah, and sometimes I think it's better like to cover things once all is said and done right yes we're not a new source by any means we're just here to discuss things like this right so we'll be seeing it as you guys are too exactly and that's what this show is for right so we can chat about it here we'll get through all of it here but uh whoo yeah bad it's a big guy. one mm-hmm. bad bad guy Also in slightly morbid and dark news, if you guys remember back in 2015, the massive debate that struck the internet was the dress black and blue or white and gold. And I know many of you just cringed, but this is true crime related, worry not. Um, Hey, can we just take a sec? Yes, of course. Was the dress black and blue to you or white and gold, Charlotte? I actually saw both. (laughs) oh all right yeah i think it started out black and blue and i was like all right cool and then i caught it in like a different light and i was like oh there it is i can definitely see how it is so how (laughs) did you see one or the other no that shit's black and blue i don't know what to tell you (laughs) 
Um, but what surprised me about this was it was actually a Scotland resident. His name's Keir Johnson, and he obviously found minor fame. He had his 15 minutes when his mother-in-law's dress sparked this passionate argument about color differences. But to bring it back to true crime, he appeared in Glasgow High Court facing accusations of years of domestic violence, and he was charged with attempted murder on his wife. So this took a very dark turn from, like I said, the lighthearted but passionate argument on the internet to uh, jail time. But yeah, apparently this guy was kind of a piece of shit. It kind of speaks to like where the world was back then and where we're at now. Simpler times. Well, right. yes and no. I mean, I just, things get more complicated every day, but... Yeah, no, I just feel like, you know, back in the day, we were all just wondering if the dress, what, what color it was, and now attempted murder. Yeah, I mean, like, fucking everybody was talking about this goddamn dress from the Kardashians to, like, other celebrities. It was on, like, probably Jimmy Fallon and shit, right? This fella tried to choke his wife, attempting to kill her, and yeah, found himself in hot water because of it, and rightfully so. You know what? At the end of the day, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say innocent until proven guilty, but fuck that guy. I hope she's safe. I hope she's all right. I hope she can get away from him, because uh, he looks like a little douchebag, doesn't he? Look at that hair. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad she's away from him, and uh, if it is true, then rot in jail, piece of shit. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> All right, friends. So as you know, from our gripping coverage of the true story of Pablo Escobar, aka Cocaine Bear, sometimes animals get into cocaine. Apparently it happens more often than you'd think. (laughs) Apparently it does. So we're here to cover it, friends. And uh, we're bringing you the uh, next best thing to Cocaine Bear, and that's Cocaine Sharks. It's giving me like B-movie, Sharknado 1, Sharknado 2, Sharknado 3. You know what I mean? The next monster, cheesy horror movie type thing. Well, you know what? You're in luck because Shark Week is uh, picking this shit up and they're going to be doing a whole series on this. Fuck yes. I love to hear that. So I guess uh, what they did was they did a bunch of experiments to see like, are the sharks going to eat cocaine? But they couldn't exactly like just like give them cocaine. So first they threw a bunch of cocaine like packages into water to see if the sharks would do anything. Then they put them next to a bunch of stuff that they knew the sharks would like. So they put them next to like a bunch of like fake birds and stuff that they thought that the sharks would go after. But the sharks wanted the coke. Quite similar to cocaine bear in the sense that when these drugs are being smuggled sometimes they get dumped in the forest as we saw with cocaine bear sometimes they get dumped in the sea as we're now seeing with these sharks i mean at the end of the day we've got the orcas attacking yachts we've got the sharks doing coke so it's crazy out there folks especially in the ocean right now like holy cow right so i guess they heard about this happening and they wanted to see are they gonna go for it what's gonna happen so again because they couldn't give them coke they gave them what they're calling a bait ball that they made from fish powder but it was like a lot of fish powder so it would trigger a dopamine rush so it was oh. kind of something that would get them excited. Not quite cocaine level excited, but so you know, like, close enough. It's like catnip for sharks. 
Yeah, yeah, let's call it that. So they loved it, obviously. And uh, what they're seeing is, uh, you know, once they start dropping this shit, the sharks like it. So then they started dropping it from planes to see if the sharks would go for it. And the sharks got even more excited. Cocaine bear to cocaine shark. <laughs> you know what, though? It's it's 2023. The world is, I would say, it. you know, I, you know not in shambles, but it's not doing great. No, yeah, I I think shambles might be appropriate, honestly. shamble adjacent kind of thing. (laughs) It's not going awesome. But anyways, so if the, you know, we've done so much damage to these sharks, if they want to do some coke, just stay safe. I mean, it does say here in the article that the scientists actually have no idea what cocaine might actually do to a shark, because obviously they are not going to just hand cocaine out to the sharks to see but they went on to explain that different fish do act or react differently to different chemicals so i mean with all the stuff that gets flushed out into the ocean through our rivers and you know sewage and all that stuff it has to be affecting the wildlife it has to be exactly 100 percent. and i mean we've We've given these sharks a really bad time lately. We're cutting off their fins. We're making soup. We're destroying their environment, dropping garbage into the ocean. So if we're going to drop anything, at least they're happy. Like I said, I mean, (laughs) I don't know what else to say. I feel like we're just ruining this earth. And if the sharks can be happy in one way or another. Power to them. Yep. Although I'd much rather just, let's just give them the catnip. Maybe, maybe they don't need, you know, full on Coke. We'll give them some shark nip and send them on their way. Yeah, let's keep the narcotics out of our ocean waters. Actually, out of all of our water, for that matter. Can we just make that a a goal to go for? That's a good goal. I like that. I appreciate that. On a similar ocean topic. Man, we've been talking about the ocean a lot lately. Oh my god, this is like, it's fascinating, you guys. Of course we are. And it it keeps coming up in big ways. It's Um, a gift that keeps on giving. I went down such a TikTok rabbit hole, as I often do. And I found myself uh, learning about, this isn't a topic I would usually consider for the podcast because it's not initially grim, but it's certainly crazy. But the sport of free diving, which, you know, if you're the kind of person who's kind of got a fear of open water and stuff, this is not the sport for you, I will say. But I found free diver Amber Burke on TikTok. You should go check her out. She's freaking awesome. Just a pure athlete. And she does a really great job of explaining this sport and the absolute athleticism it takes. But to kind of give you a little, uh, a brief history of free diving, basically what makes it different from scuba and things like that And the most insane part of it is that the divers don't use any kind of breathing equipment or apparatus at Mm -hmm. all. It is completely based on the ability to hold your breath. There's several different sort of disciplines of free diving. There is simply the who can hold their breath the longest in the water while they're stationary or static. There is the people that you see who cut the holes in the ice, in the freezing cold water, and go under the ice and out, which is... My heart is beating faster just thinking about that. That Those scare the crap out of me. I The idea of not being able to come back up is literally taking my breath away. Mm -hmm. Um, But what Amber does is she goes for the depth. And the video that I came up 
cross her is her going to be diving into the blue hole in Belize. I think we've all seen it. Oh my. It's one of those natural wonders of the ocean. And it's about 220 meters deep. So crazy, crazy deep. She dives down to like 65 meters at a time. And she does this without fins and without, like I said, any breathing apparatus. It's absolutely insane. I couldn't do that. Like that just like makes me feel like I need to get up and do something. It's not just the holding the breath part. It's she explains that once you get down to like the 60 meter depth, the pressure on your body is about seven times what it is on the surface. So your lungs are actually not crushed, but collapsed to a very small size, a fraction of the size that they would be on the surface. Right. And then it gets cold because the deeper you go, the colder it gets. And then the sharks in the water are on fucking coke. (laughs) Yeah, probably. There's and there's no out swimming. I'm like, holy cow. Arnaud Gerald has won the Bifins freediving world record. He got to 400 feet. Holy shit. Now, Bifins means he did use fins to get down there, but still no breathing apparatus. He was submerged for nearly four minutes in total. I'm sure you've all seen this, and if you haven't, you should find it, but it's a video that shows just how deep the deepest part of the ocean is, so it'll show how deep a whale can swim and how deep a a person can swim, and then it'll show the free diving record and how deep it is compared to the Titanic, for example, Mm -hmm. and it is horrifying. I can't even imagine that. When you start to see the Marianas Trench and they have the Empire State Building fully submerged and well over submerged, you're like, oh shit, that's pretty deep. Yep. (laughs) Freediving historically has been used as a method of like fishing and pearl diving and even treasure hunting. Like back in the day when ships got shipwrecked all the time in bad weather, you'd have smugglers and stuff and not necessarily uh, people looking to do illegal activities, but they wanted to recover their stuff, right? And back in those days, of course, there was no breathing apparatus to speak of. I have to say, if you do find yourself watching a freediving video or even one of Amber's videos over on TikTok... She shows them in real time, like her swimming down and swimming back up. And that alone, when she's coming back up, you're at the part now where you're starting to be oxygen depleted. You're coming up to the surface. That must be the most stressful part of it, in my opinion, having never done it, of course. Well, you're so, so close. (sighs) I think it's scary, man. I don't know if I'm just like boring, but I just I can't imagine When it comes to holding my breath and like drowning and stuff, no. We talk about all the time, like, what's the worst way to go? And many people say drowning can be very peaceful, but uh, I think it's absolutely horrific. (laughs) I'd rather not find out. Thank you. The one thing that I will leave us with, which I learned um, while researching this, is that she explained negative buoyancy. And so what that means is depending on how much weight you are carrying, uh, so typically free divers will be wearing a wetsuit, sometimes not always, a wetsuit depending on how deep they go because obviously it gets colder, Mm -hmm. and typically like their goggles. Some dives are done with weight, some aren't, but you can achieve what's called negative buoyancy. And so... You know, when you hold, say, a ball underwater, you feel the pressure of the oxygen wanting to bring it back to the surface, right? Mm -hmm. And so to a certain depth, you're going to have that pulling against you and you're kind of swimming against it. But there comes a point where it balances out and you just start to sink. And 
<laughs> in the free diving world, this is actually a good thing because it helps you preserve your energy because you don't have to physically swim down, right? You just start sinking. And so you want to stay real streamlined. But the flip side of that for me is if you pass out or anything like that, not only are you incredibly deep, but you're only going to sink. You're not even going to float to the surface. And that to me is incredibly scary. It really, really is. There is um, a case I'd love to cover one day that is about a free diver, actually. And I saw it on Unsolved Mysteries. And she went down and she did not come back up. And some of the details regarding the dive were super, super sus. And they think that, like, it was kind of, uh, like, rigged a little bit to ensure that she would not come back up. Um, Yeah, so that's one that I definitely want to cover for the the show. Because, to me, this is a nightmare. Just kind of best case scenario, it's a nightmare. But the idea of doing this with someone on the other end that wants to kill you. Yeah, you're certainly in a very vulnerable position because even free divers, they do have um, safety divers with them that have like the little propelled things to like pull you around and they will keep an eye on you to a certain depth, but they don't always go all the way down with you. But kudos to her, because like I said, the absolute athleticism and honestly, bravery and skill and discipline that this takes is unfathomable fathomable to me so yeah kudos to amber and all the free divers out there seriously um can we shout out the uh, name of her tiktok just so folks know how to find it yes let me pull it up i i think i've talked about it before on the show but i have been scuba diving before and i almost got fully patty certified and i did open water stuff and whatnot and i remember very very vividly the first time that i was scuba diving and i was in the ocean and i had this like quick moment of panic Mm. and I was like oh this is actually really scary I was just gonna say and the create like you can't let that panic set in because that is not the place to be losing your mind you know what I mean that's just it because I was like that and I was like holy shit this is scary and I was like well you know too bad so sad because if you panic now you're gonna die also if you have other divers with you that's when you're not only a danger to yourself but you're a danger to the people around you as well oh a hundred percent like i mean it's it's all scary stuff and i i will say the second i get a chance to go scuba diving again i am taking it because it was just a wonderful time but i mean really you don't want to fuck around with that shit leave it to the professionals if you're hearing this and you're thinking to yourself i'm gonna try free diving Maybe yeah, not. just know that it takes years of discipline and practice and obviously incredibly strong swimming skills. Um, oh, but Amber's TikTok tag, if you want to check her out, she goes by Amber of the Sea or her full name, Amber Burke. And she is the Australian record freediver. And I think you should go check her out because she's Hell a badass. yeah, get it, girl. Speaking of not breathing... I have an old-timey case for you, and I will preface this by saying, to take it with a pinch of salt, and I'll explain why towards the end, allow me to take you to South Carolina in 1915 on a hot summer night. 30-year-old Essie Dunbar had an epileptic seizure and collapsed. Now, her family immediately called the local doctor, Dr. D.K. Briggs, But by the time he got to them, he could only confirm that Essie had no signs of life and that she had indeed passed away. So 
Her family, understandably distraught, they arranged her funeral for the very next day, and which may seem unusual, but based on the like embalming practices and what was available at the time in 1915, this may have not been all that unusual. You kind of wanted to get a body into the ground as fast as you could, especially in the summer. Yeah. Um, so they arranged her funeral for the next day, and at 11 a.m., she was placed in her wooden coffin and buried six feet under. Her sister, however, lived in the next town over, and as much as they tried to wait, she was very, very late to the funeral, and in the end, they just said, fuck it, let's get this over and done with. And unfortunately, she showed up, well, actually, fortunately for Essie, she showed up a few minutes late, and she begged the preachers who had held the service, could they please dig Essie back up that she wanted to say a proper goodbye to her sister one last time and luckily they agreed because when the coffin was brought to the surface and the lid was removed Essie sat up and smiled at everybody so (laughs) um this understandably scared the fuck out of everybody gathered around her and they they got the fuck out of there everyone ran away her family initially said that they thought that she was a zombie or a ghost that had come back to haunt them so they were all absolutely terrified uh and for 1915 i would say understandably so can i ask you a question of course you can let's say hypothetically it's 1915 your family just buried you alive and you magically get dug up are you going to be fucking smiling at them I don't even know what I would think in that situation, to be honest with you. Um, Because for all intents and purposes, she seemed to have literally just sort of woken up. Because by this account, yeah, she was happy. She sat up and she turned to her sister that had been late and she smiled. Everyone ran away. When they finally got their shit back together and realized that this was a blessing... um, She uh, just returned to normal life, and she actually outlived Dr. Briggs, who had pronounced her dead initially, which I think is poetic. Good. She finally passed away for the final time in 1962, and her funeral that time was very normal. She remained where they put her. Everything was confirmed. It was all good. She lived a long life. Good for her. Yeah, she lived, I think, another 43 or 47 years, something like that. I'm not good at math. So she did pretty good. Now, at the beginning, I did say to take this story with a pinch of salt. And the reason for that would be at the time in 1915, there isn't any real record of this happening. You know, no local newspapers mentioned it or anything like that which does seem a little sus because you think people would have been all over this at the time yes but they did cover it in 1955 obviously quite some time after in the augusta chronicle and they recounted her entire story which then inspired the story about her in the book buried alive but that came out nearly a hundred years later in 2001 so Can we take a sec to talk about another story from Buried Alive, though? Because holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, of course we can. Good segue. Yes. So um, it ended well for Essie. Yes, it certainly did. She got to live her best life. And you know what? She had one hell of a story. But Miss Octavia Smith, on the other hand. Oh, Octavia. I do like that name. Oh, well, you're not going to like what happened to her. 
Oh, no. Okay, buckle up. We're ready. Okay. So, May 1891, she uh, she had a son. Her son passed away, and uh, she fell into a coma and died. Uh, oh but God. it turned out that there was some weird illness going around that was making people seem like they were dead. But then they'd oh. wake up a few days later. Love that. Love that for yep, us. Yep, super ominous. Anyways, so um, they buried her. And by the time that they figured out that this whole illness was happening, they were like, oh, holy shit. Let's uh, let's dig up old Octavia. <laughs> and uh, they did. And they found her dead. Oh. But the entire inner coffin lining was shredded with blood, pieces of fingernails. <sighs> And pieces of wood everywhere. And it was very, very obvious that she died with an absolutely horrified look on her face. I would hope in a situation like that, if it were me in that casket, that I would just somehow, I don't know, find a way to end myself. Because Mm -hmm. unless someone figures it out pretty damn fast, like they did, well, I wouldn't even say they figured out in Essie's case, but she just got very lucky. But Unless someone realizes pretty damn fast, that is not, again, with the the awful, awful ways to die, uh, not on the top of the list for the way I want to go, that's for sure. No, no thank you. Because I mean, at the end of the day, if you find yourself buried alive, chances are you're going to be buried dead. I almost respect in a way back in the days of vampires and whatnot that they buried people with a stake through the chest because that really does make sure (laughs) that you're dead. I'd rather have that. I think so too, quite frankly. I'd rather you put me out of my misery before the misery even starts. Exactly. Like, I'm fine with that. If that's what we want to do, go for it. Do what you got to do to make sure I'm actually dead. I'm not even picky. Like, just do it. Yeah, if you want to leave a stake in my chest for archaeologists a thousand years now to dig up and be like, what the fuck happened here? I'm all for that. I almost prefer that. Yeah, yeah. Like, at least you'll be legendary in that sense. It might put, take a while to get there, but still. Yeah, put like a crown on my head and a stake through my chest and let him find me. There's a really old... Uh, maybe some of you guys from the UK would remember this, if either you or your parents were old enough to remember, but... My dad is a big fan of The Goon Show, and Spike Milligan is one of the absolutely hilarious comedic geniuses that are part of that. And he said in an interview once that he wanted to be buried in like a washing machine or something to that effect, because wouldn't that be funny years from now when an archaeologist (laughs) digs you up and is like, what the fuck? And I love that. Honestly, why the hell not? Who cares? I think we should kind of go back to the ways of the Egyptians and the Vikings and the ancient Greeks and bury people with the things that they loved in life. Now, I'm not saying kill their cats so that they can be with them in the afterlife. Maybe wait until Fluffy dies a normal death. Um, But hell yeah, if you want to be buried in a shield with a sword by your side, absolutely. I am here for it. Bury me with a grow ops worth of weed, my switch, <laughs> you know, like yes. some candy. Like I really, I don't need much in life, and I don't need much in death. Just gimme. Absolutely. And speaking of death, <laughs> we do like, a lot. We do was, a lot. We do. We tend to. Uh, but it is that time again, friends, for our strange and unusual death segment. It's my favorite part. It's a good one. I got a good one for you. Lay it on me. All right. So today we're talking about 
Prince Philip of France. Okay. Uh, okay. He was born in the year 1116. So recently then. <laughs> yes, not too long ago. On October 13th, 1131, when he was only 15 years old, little Phil, I guess, he was a little bit of a rebel, you know, like, first of all, his dad didn't really like him. Oh, classic. Yeah, the king was not a fan. Um, <laughs> it actually says in uh, one of the few articles about him that he, quote unquote, gave his father little joy. Oh, my God. This is actually breaking my heart a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, he the king didn't pay attention to Philip. Philip didn't really pay attention to the king, whatever. He kind of just had his own time. Uh, but he became the co-king in 1129 and one day he decided to go ride his horse uh you know he was having a good time the horse was running and then all of a sudden a pig decided to jump out of a giant pile of shit in the middle of the road hit the horse hit philip philip flew and he died Oh my God. I was not expecting that. I was expecting like, and his father had enough of him and had him bricked in a tower for until his death. We don't know who <laughs> sent that pig. <laughs> it's very true. I mean, no one expects just a pig to jump out of a pile of shit in the middle of the road. I will exactly, say. Exactly. Kudos, uh, points for style. Yeah, you're not wrong. But uh, that was it. And um, that's how he died. Poor Prince Philip. Yep, there is an illustration of his death, and I'm going to send that to you right now, just so you can see, you know, get a, a solid idea of the, the tragedy that was. Oh, I you know what? I would love to have this framed in my house, honestly. So just you, you obviously can't see it, dear listeners, but it's basically it's got a bunch of guys that are like, oh, no, and they're on horses. And then Philip, he's upside down on his horse and the pig and the horse are just colliding. And uh, the art tells you the story. That's for sure. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and that is the story of the death of the crown prince Philip of France, a uh, young man who was not so loved by his dad. But uh, the pigs, they loved him a little too much. everybody we're gonna wrap it up there i think thank you so much for joining us today i had a fun trek through history in the ocean the land all over the place the world's a crazy place we're here to talk about it 100 percent. if you liked this and if you have any stories that you would like us to cover old or new modern or old timey please by all means send them our way we would love to talk about them on the show yeah, definitely. We're always happy to hear from all of you. And in regards to the regular Grim Curriculum show, we have some pretty awesome topics lined up. Yes, we've covered Ooh. a crazy, crazy one this past Saturday. If you haven't gone and seen that and listened already, you should go check it out. It's about a lady with a... what's How am I going to phrase this? A knife and the love for dick. Yeah, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, check it out if you want to learn more. Uh, but anyways, thank you all so, so, so much for listening. This has been The Grim Curriculum. Extra, Extra credit. credit.